Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, Judges. Let's hear a song about it. And now, the fabulous Bentley Brothers. You can't turn on a TV today without seeing a courtroom show with a celebrity judge just a judging away, deciding who takes on the dough. But long before television, yeah, people used to live without it. God sent celebrity judges to Israel, and there's a book about it. It's called Judges, that's the name. The subject and the title are one and the same. Like a book about weather called Weather, or a book about Heather called Heather. Who's Heather? She's my cousin. Oh, and that's her name. Yeah, but who are the judges? Well, you got Othniel and Ehud, Shamgar and Deborah, Gideon and Tola, Jaya and Jephthah. Who could forget about old Ibzan, or Elon and Abdon, and the most famous of them all, that long-haired dude named Samson. He was strong. They're the judges. That's the name. And that's his name. Yeah, but who are the judges again? You've got Othniel and Ehud, Shamgar and Deborah, Gideon and Tola, Jair and Jephthah. Who could forget about old Ibzan or Elon and Abdon? And the most famous of them all, that long-haired dude named Samson. He was strong until he got a haircut. Yeah. You can clap for that. That's good stuff, man. How's everyone doing today? This is this is your first day back? No. When was your break? Oh, a couple weeks ago. Okay, I'm just about to go on break, so I'm really excited just to let you know. Uh, my name is Mark Manning, uh, local pastor, alum of this place. Uh, really glad to be with you. For the next four weeks, we are going to be studying four of the book, four of the judges in the book of Judges. You, you saw the listing up there. There's uh, uh, several of them, but I'm going to be taking four of them. And today we get to uh, talk about, I have to admit, I think he's probably my favorite judge, and that is Ehud. So we're going to begin with a word of prayer and uh, dive into uh, this character named Ehud. Uh, Lord, uh, thank you for uh, this wonderful, beautiful day, uh, for the chance to gather, to study your word. We thank you for what it teaches us, how it guides us. We pray for your uh, wisdom and your spirit to be with us now, in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, who, are, who here is left-handed? It's only three of you? Really? The, the, the statistics say that. Is it, is it fun being left-handed? Yeah, yes and no. Yeah, what, 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 do you, what do you like about being left-handed? It's unique. Okay, good. What else? I, oh, I can't hear you. What? It's unique. It's different. Nice. Yeah. Lori? You're, you're told you're more creative. If you're left-handed, you're more creative. Now, what are the bad parts about being left-handed? Desks. Desks? Desks. Okay. You have to write, oh, I didn't even think about it. write on the rings of your notebooks. You get your hand 
Yeah, but I heard that because as you're writing, your hand is going right across the very thing you wrote. I mean, does your heart hurt for the left-handers? <laughs> now, the other thing, no offense against you left-handers, I don't like sitting next to you when we're eating. You're always bumping into me. I'm trying to eat my food, and you're just bumping into me. It's weird to be left-handed. From I don't know anything about it. Uh, I'm not left-handed, but I hear things like they're, they're more creative and things like that. Ehud, the judge that we're going to be studying, is actually left-handed. And what's cool about it is they give that detail about Ehud for a very specific reason. Now, Ehud was a guy who was um, uh, apparently somehow uh, involved with the giving of a tribute to a foreign oppressor. The book of Judges, it always follows a very specific pattern or a cycle of sin. The Israelites do whatever they want. God sends foreign oppression to come in in the form of some uh, foreign country. Uh, They get conquered. Then this foreign person reigns for however long. And then after much prayer by the Israelite nation, then God sends a judge. We would maybe call him a savior or a deliverer, you know, someone special, heroic in some way. And then after this person would save the the, the country or save the the particular area, then they would have peace. So at this point, uh, the Israelites uh, doing evil in the eyes of the Lord, God sent a group of people and they were uh, the person that was reigning at the time was a king his name was king Eglon which i really love that name i'll give you 10 bucks if you promise to name your next child that i think that'd be fantastic king Eglon and i'm not being judgmental this is what the text says king Eglon was very fat very fat Now, the Israelite nation had to bring tribute. It was a a form of extortion so that the Israelite nation couldn't get too powerful. Ehud happened to be one of the people that was part of this dignitary group that would go up and give tribute to King Eglon. It was normally in the form of food, and which makes sense because King Eglon, being a very fat man, uh, loved to eat. So Ehud comes with this delegation, and we don't know exactly how many times Ehud's been a part of it, but it appears that Ehud knows the king relatively well. And somewhere along the way, God sends a message to Ehud that it is time to take out the king. The evil has been reigning and it's time for you to dispatch him and get rid of him. And so we need to make sure that somehow this character gets taken care of. So Ehud fashions a sword. Sword's probably not accurate. It's more of like an extended dagger. It would be something that would be long enough to put from his thigh down to his knee, but he would be able to do it in such a way that he could still walk and talk normally. So it's not so long that it's stabbing his pants or, or, or other things there. And, and it's going to be able to be easily concealed. And so he has a plan in place. Apparently he's going to go and he's going to take out the king with his dad. So he gets to the place. He gives the tribute. The text doesn't say... But Ehud chickens out. We don't know why. We don't know what was going through his brain. It was probably a very daring mission to try and kill a foreign king in his own palace. Ehud decides, I'm not going to do it. I'm I'm summarizing some of this because this passage is a little bit long. But this is then where um, I'll pick it up. I'm in Judges 3, 18. 
after Ehud had presented the tribute, he sent on their way the men who had carried it. At the idols near Gilgal, he himself turned back. So Ehud, after sending the people away, is alone with the king, doesn't do anything, and decides he's going to leave as well. He just doesn't feel like maybe it's time to carry out God's commands. Maybe it's too scary. Maybe he doesn't feel like it's the right timing. I don't know what happens. But then he starts making the trip back, and he gets to a place called Gilgal. Now, there's a little bit of discrepancy about what exactly he sees. The NIV translates it as idols. It could just be the stones. What does he see? There's a possibility that he sees this stone quarry in Gilgal that is making statues of fat king Eglon. It's very possible. There's another possibility, and that is Gilgal was the place that the Israelite nation crossed to enter into the promised land. And when they crossed there, they did something very wonderful. They stacked up 12 very large rocks as kind of a monument or a tribute that said, God is always going to be with us when we enter into this promised land. No matter what happens, God is in control. I don't know if this is what he sees. It could be statues or it could be this monument. But something happens to him and he says... I need to go back. So he heads on back. At the idols near Gehi, he himself turned back. He gets back to the palace, and he says, I have a secret message for you, O king. I wonder what the secret message is. This is going to be fun. Now again, up until then, being a foreign person inside of a king's palace... They talk about how he had taken the dagger and he strapped it into his right thigh. Because if you're left-handed and you need to draw a dagger out, are you paying attention? This is important. If you need to... I shouldn't say stuff like that. If you need to strap a dagger here, put it on your right thigh. Because what apparently happened was this guy was well-known enough. They did searches and they probably patted down his left leg. Because if I'm right-handed and pull out a dagger there, I could stab and kill you. So they probably patted him down, but for some reason, they failed to check over here. So God allowed this incredible uh, person to get a dagger into the king's palace, and he says, King, I have a secret message for you. What is that secret message? The king said, Quiet! And all his attendants left him. Again, this tells us that Ehud seems to know the king well enough. Who would leave this, this Israelite person alone in the presence of the king. But the king felt comfortable. He felt safe. So Ehud then approached him while he was sitting alone in the upper, pa- upper room of his summer palace. That may be a euphemism. You're sitting somewhere that's nice and comfortable. You know what I'm talking about? It isn't Isn't the bathroom the best place to do your best thinking, right? When I try to get away, my kids are here with me. Whenever I need to get away from my kids, I just go in the bathroom. It was when they were little, their little hands would like, Daddy, where are you? I'm like, stop it. Daddy is alone. (laughs) Leave me alone. So Ehud gets there. As the king arose from his seat, Ehud reached with his left hand, drew the sword from his right thigh, and plunged it into the king's belly. 
This is really in the Bible. I'm, t- I'm telling you, this is, this is no joke. You've got to read this stuff. It's fantastic. Even the handle sank in after the blade. Oh, my. And it came out his back. Ehud did not pull the sword out, and the fat closed in over it. Isn't this great? Now, that's one translation. There is an alternate translation in that when he did that, it severed his bowel system, and he pooped. (laughs) Is it okay that I say poop on college campus? I'm a little nervous. It's great that you still giggle at it. When I do this with, like, teenagers, they're like, (laughs) said poop. Yeah. This is what happens. There's actually a lot of evidence that that's what happens. If you die in this violent manner, you might end up having a bowel movement. So don't die in this horrible manner. So Ehud now finally gets that. The handle goes so far in that the belly just goes, it covers over it. And now what does Ehud have? He's got some time. So Ehud went out to the porch. He shut the doors of the upper room behind him, which could be... Loosely translated, he locked the bathroom door. After he had gone, the servants came and found the doors of the upper room locked. Huh. King Eglon? You okay in there? They said, he must be relieving himself in the inner room of the house. Why would they think that? Well, because he needs privacy and it might have stunk really bad. Yeah, it's stuff's come out and swords are in there and he's, yeah, this is really crazy. So they say that he must be relieving. They waited into the point of embarrassment. Now that's got to be a long time. Like, I know that you have to give some privacy to your roommates, but does there ever come a time when you're like, okay, time for you to get out. Come on, let's get going. Yeah. Does it ever happen? Yeah. This is what they're knocking on the door. King Eglon. Are you okay in there? I know you told us to leave you alone. King Eglon, what should we do? I don't want to go in there. It stinks. I wonder what the conversation was. But eventually, they open up the doors. When he did not open the doors of the room, they took a key and unlocked it. Then they saw their Lord fallen to the floor dead. While they waited, Ehud got away. He passed by the idols and escaped to Sarah. When he arrived there, he blew a trumpet in the hill country of Ephraim. Isn't this a great story? What does it have to do with you and me? Who really cares, right? It's a great little story. It's great to tell the junior high kids because they laugh a lot. In fact, King Anglon gets stabbed to the point where his uh, butt explodes and poop flies all over the place. I'll tell you this. Ehud was unique and had a special ability, left-handedness. He was put at the right place in the right time, the ability to do something significant for the people of Israel. And because he saw either something so evil like the idol of a fat king or the reminder of God's promise, he knew that God was always with him. I don't know how God has gifted you. Maybe you're left-handed and maybe there's going to come a day when your left-handedness is going to come into play at some point. Some of you are fantastic math geniuses. It's so good to have math people because otherwise our taxes would be terrible and we wouldn't be able to balance budgets. Some of you are really good with kids 
and you love to play with them. That's fantastic. Some of you have great theological minds. Some of you are musically inclined in ways that I could never be. God has gifted you in special ways. I don't know how, but I know he has. And the question is, there's going to come a time when you are going to have to use your gift to the glory of God, and he's going to call on you to say, I need you to do this. And the question is, will we heed that call? Jesus Christ was gifted. Gifted in, in ways we could never even imagine because he was, in fact, the son of God. God incarnate. And he had a job to do that only he could do. Only he could die and have his death actually provide coverage for the entire world. Because he was true God and true man, because of his unique ability, he was used by God the Father to accomplish something great at the right place and the right time. So as we study Ehud and this really strange thing we know, you too have also been gifted by God in a special way. And I pray that there comes a day when God is going to tap you on the shoulder and say, now is the time for you to use this the way I need you to use it. And you will say, here I am, Lord. Send me to do your bidding. And you will be able to be used by God in incredible ways. And as we walk by our Gilgal, which is the cross and the empty tomb, we realize that God has always promised he would be with us. Let's pray.